0: Gather around, everybody! Today's episode is with DJ and Master of Ceremonies, Joseph Shane. He brings decades of experience as a professional, who you'll soon hear puts his all into every event for the love of the job and the love of his clients. I feel everyone can gain knowledge from this interview, not just aspiring DJs or MCs, but also anyone that ever wants to host an event, or if you're just someone trying to figure yourself out. And for return listeners, I know I'm a couple days late, and I sincerely apologize for that. It's not always easy to find the time to record and edit these podcasts when I'm also working a full-time job to support the dream of keeping this podcast up and running, which I'll always do. I've had several listeners reach out and ask if I'm going to set up a Patreon or something similar and give bonus content. It sounds really awesome. And if you're out there and listening and interested in more, let me know what you'd want. I'd love to hear the extras that you are excited to hear or would like to see, and the extra support would certainly go a long way. As always, you can reach out to me at at dumbenoughpodcastgmail.com if you have any thoughts, or questions, or suggestions. Now, on to the episode. Let's get this party underway. Welcome to the podcast, Joseph Shine.
1: Colton, thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on today. So uh, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself.
1: My name is uh, Joseph Shane. I reside in Los Angeles. I'm a DJ and a master of ceremonies. I've been doing it for quite a few decades now.
0: Nice. And you uh, you do run your own kind of DJ MC industry.
1: Yes, uh, I run what we call a, a single op, so just a one-man show do work with other DJs, so, you know, from the outside, we looked like we are a lot bigger.
0: <laughs> hey, It's a good Just, presentation. Yeah, yeah so,
1: it, it it works. It works well. It works exactly exactly the way I like it.
0: Nice. Could you kind of give us a rundown on what the, yeah. the difference is between a DJ and an MC?
1: Yeah, so what DJs used to be before are a little bit different than, you know, the DJs of today. For those in your audience who own vinyl, when a DJ used to go to do an event, they carried crates of vinyl and whatever they had, you could ask from whatever they had, but that's it. The expectation that they were going to be able to either purchase or come up with or research or look up something else, that wasn't there. So right there, that was like the immediate difference between a modern DJ and an old school DJ. Nowadays, you could do vinyl, you could be doing CDs if you're still up to it, but most people are doing either digital or they're even streaming. Many of them are streaming. So um, DJs have access to a lot more material than they used to. So I think uh, the expectation is that a DJ would be very versatile in many genres they would actually have a wide knowledge of music as opposed to what one used to be before. Uh, and uh, I think rightly so. Rightly so. Whenever we're looking for new DJs, new talent, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for people who like music. We're looking for people who absolutely love music. You know, you need to, you need to be tapping your toes at all times. You need to be snapped. Well, not literally, right? But it, you got to have that beat in your head. Uh, you know you maybe you count conversations by the number of you know by the rhythm in which it's happening. So th- that's a really good DJ uh, nowadays. Also there's an aspect of uh, you know especially if you're running a business, there's an aspect of uh, an aspect of uh, uh, you know knowing how to do marketing and what have you and uh, you know being able to hold a conversation with a potential client. And MCs, um, well, I think the MCs, my experience, the MCs of long ago used to be more like ringside announcers. You know, they were, you know, bombastic, and they were very much about the me, 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 uh, in my business, which is basically catering to everybody else, not to ourselves. Um, then the MC is very much about the listening. You need to be a really great listener. The more you listen, the more you pick up on those subtleties, either from your client or from their guests within an event, and you turn that around and you use it within your material. So while you might have something scripted and you need to be able to do that as well, uh, you really need to be able to come up with material on the fly the way it's always fresh and it's always unique and it's catered to that one client so i do not recall MCs doing that back then it was you know at least in my experience here in la back in the 80s um the experience was that uh, MCs were just um yeah very standardized there were more ringside announcers than anything else
0: so Likes. i think
1: yeah that's that, i think that's what I feel about modern dj's and mc's
0: yeah and it sounds like everyone went from kind of uh like a contractor to being their own you know from top to bottom kind of presentation you know yeah. before it was like oh i i dj you know specifically people call me in to dj this you know this one thing and i work with this person and now you're like i have to market myself i do all my own consults i do everything else
1: That's a big change. (laughs) You absolutely, especially if you're going to turn this into a business, you need to be uh, well-versed in a variety of things. And that that is true with being an entrepreneur, right? Right. The definition of being an entrepreneur, that's it. So to be a DJ and start your own company and have a a business of that sort, you you need to be an entrepreneur. Um, However, within the business of being a DJ itself and being a master of ceremonies itself, you also need to have a variety of things that before you you did not. You really need to be uh, well-versed in whatever the popular music of today is at a minimum. And that changes so quickly nowadays. Really goes by really fast. There was a time when we used to call uh music from england imports. There isn't such a thing anymore. It's just global. Music. It's totally global, right? So music is can be Korean, music can be uh Indian, music can be, you know, in Spanish, music can be in Hebrew, music can be in all kinds of languages. As long as you somehow, as long as the audience somehow connects with it, and it will be played on the radio. And then it you know, very possibly becomes popular culture. And then we will play it, right? So you, you need to know. You need to know what that's all about. And maybe not so much about where it's from. Or maybe the languages, you know, that's always going to be a barrier. Right. Um, but uh, you really need to be well-versed in what is going on. It's one of the first things that we ask uh, when we meet a new DJ is, what what do you specialize in? And you'll get a sense if they immediately say, "Oh, I, I can play anything." Well, th- that'll be great. You know, we'll put that to the test at some point. But uh, very often, people will have a you know, especially if they've been working in clubs a lot, then they'll have a genre in which they specialize. You know, it doesn't matter if it's hip hop or you know, gothic underground or you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, they, they'll specialize in that and then won't be able to do. But if they want to turn it into a business um yeah you you need to spread your wings a little bit
0: yeah and i mean it sounds like you have to you know grow an appreciation for all genres and and kind of love it all but do you have like your favorite or if it's just you in a car listening to something (laughs) okay so
1: i let me start by telling you the one genre that i did not listen to and i never thought i would listen to and that's it you cannot convince me that that is going to be good music and i apologize to your audience first of all because the genre is massive it's been massive for a few years it's been kind of coming up i i didn't know that was that was me that was sure. my band and that was country music american country music okay? okay i didn't have the right appreciation i had the appreciation for the stars of yesteryears you know all the way up to the 80s but that's about it and as m- country music moved And included a little bit more of the rock aspect of it, then I kind of lost it, and I just never thought I would do it. And then one fine season, I worked at one location as a featured, as a as a preferred vendor, and that location happened to be in in an area where country music is very popular. So, I mean, it was a lesson to be learned by everyone there. Um, because originally when clients asked me for things, I really didn't know what they were asking for. So at that point, you kind of kick it into high gear. You start studying, you start learning, you start calling some of your friends and go, Hey, what's going on with this? What do I need to know? And what have you. And then for that year, I played, I don't know, maybe about 75% of my events, mostly country music. Um, I learned how to like it alone how to, to like it so I do have a preferred you know type of music um I alluded before to i that I started ar- around the 80s so I, I, I have an affinity for music from the 80s but as time went on I developed an affinity for you know uh, industrial music and danceable electronica and what have you so um, I do have that and I have a little bit of experience with uh with uh, playing here and there and what have you, and for those who are, you know, in my private life, then they know to call me for me to do some of their private events. But a lot of it doesn't play well when you are looking to, you know, make a living. It doesn't, you know, it's not the best. Uh, if I if I wanted to maybe, you know, kind of go in that direction, maybe I could, but I chose to actually expand and go in all directions and um you know it's been it's been great but i, I would say danceable anything danceable it really works for me if, if i see people you know with a smile on their face and enjoying themselves and uh dancing at some point we're good to go
0: i think that's me every time whitney houston's uh, dance with somebody comes on right I, i'm like you've got me
1: right <laughs> Right. Colton, you know, you are one of those individuals, which mostly includes just about everyone in the world, that there's at least one song that is going to do that to them. And very often people will say, no, no, I'm not a, if I dig, you know, without, you know, poking them too much, right? But if I dig, I will find that song. And with you, you just volunteered it because it really, it really, really resonates with you. You know, by the way, great song.
0: Yeah, I love it. And it fits fits right into that early genre. And I still, I I listen to it all the time and I've heard different versions of it and they're all great. Yeah, I'm
1: going to, Colton, I'm going to tell you, um, I could play that song nearly anywhere and um, I'm going to pack the floor with it. You know, it's a, it's a cheat, if
0: you will. Sure. I believe that. (laughs) So if we, if we go back, how'd you get started in this? Like, what was the interest?
1: yeah, I really didn't have any interest in being a DJ. I had a thing about my uh, internal, you know, internally about, you know, who I am and how I'm being perceived by people. And I had a little bit of external about, you know, being this is a podcast, people won't be able to see it, but something about my face, I just didn't, you know, and I was a kid and, you know, I was a teen and people can probably pick up on an accent. So I wasn't from around here and I, I just had a lot of things going on. i being a DJ, no way. Because at some point, I thought, I'm going to need to talk on a mic or something. Forget it. However, I did have an affinity for music, and I always did. According to my parents, I was born singing. So, and, and, you know, not, not for singing, but, <laughs> yeah, music was always at home. There was always music playing. Um, the first music that I remember, according to my parents, was uh, something by The Platters. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, Smokey's in Your Eyes or, you know, The Great Pretender or who knows. But um, so as time moved on, once I, you know, I immigrated to the United States in, back in 1980. Uh, fast forward, I had a couple of friends that uh, they loved music as much as I did. And their brother became a DJ because he used to go to clubs. Then he saw that the DJs played there and they were all surrounded by women. And they were like, yeah, I, I want that. And unfortunately for him, he knew nothing about music. So, um, (laughs) and his business, while he could uh, get a client, he couldn't retain uh, relationships because he just didn't do it, didn't do it right. And so his brother said, hey, why don't you talk to Joe? You know, let him tell you about music, let him buy you music and things like that. So I became the music purchaser for him. And then eventually I became a roadie helping set up equipment and what have you. And back in the 80s, for those who remember, uh, there were walls of speakers, walls upon walls. So nowadays, you know, we travel with equipment that weighs maybe about 35 pounds, uh, you know, per speaker or something to that effect. Um, it's a lot simpler because technology has advanced so much. But back then, oh my geez, I did that in one fine day, you know, <laughs> I guess his dream came true. <laughs> You know that DJ with you know one girl on each arm kind of thing, and he says, "Oh, take over!" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 I'm not, I don't yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the roadie. I don't take over." And goes, no, just do it, just do it." And that's exactly what I did. I I uh, there's a uh, an old school phrase says uh, you know to put a put the needle on the record, and that's exactly what I did. I if I'm not mistaken, it was um, Michael Jackson something from Thriller, maybe even Thriller or. Uh, Billy Jean, who knows what it was, because it was right around that time. That was it. That's all I needed. People were cheering and screaming and what have you. And I said, "Oh, I want to do this." And um, yeah, Colton, but you, you couldn't get me on a microphone. There was no way you couldn't pay me enough to get on a microphone. That that needed some more work, which I, I actually find that to be true with a lot of individuals who um, who are DJs themselves, and they're like, "Yeah, no, no, I, I don't MC. You know, I'll be your DJ, but." I want to MC and I said, <laughs> if you would like to get ahead in this business and, you know, let's be serious, make a little bit more money, you need to MC. So what is it that we need to do um, to repair that? So for me, it was all very personal, very internal. And, um, you know, I overcame that and that's that's how it's that's how it started. And, you know, I've been at it since.
0: Yeah. So, and part of that, you know, learning and getting better and becoming more desirable what are kind of the, the, you know, the great skills you have to work on and develop to do that?
1: Right. So um, for me, I think the benefit of starting with vinyl, that, that to me was a benefit. Um, there's nothing wrong with starting with digital, but I think the more layers you have, the more different abilities you have in doing something, then the more robust you have they have you know you can approach different things from different angles so i'm always going to be grateful that i started way back then and i continue now djs are starting now they're going to start digital and i don't know where technology is going to take them so they're going to have that advantage as well i i think you know uh, working with vinyl um being able to um again you know loving music I think that is something you absolutely have to have. Uh, We are going to be like singers. Uh, If we get popular enough, we're going to be playing the same song over and over and over (laughs) and over. And at some point, (laughs) if you do not love music, that song that you love, you're going to learn to hate it because you played it so often that you're sick and tired of it. So you need to kind of go to a different level. Need to be able to uh, at some point learn something about business. If you're going to turn it into a business, take some business classes. If you're going to attend college, I recommend whatever you do, whatever you do, when if you attend college, take business classes. Everything else, go do that, but take business classes. So when it comes to being a DJ and wanting to turn that into a business, absolutely. Uh, business classes would come in handy. Learn to network, either join a networking association. Or find a local chapter of uh, you know, a DJ group or something like that, or event planners or event professionals or anything like that, and join that group, stay with them, you know, learn to listen, learn to interact, get yourself some business cards <laughs> and learn the balance between, you know, the you know, introducing yourself, like kind of like you know what we're doing right now a little bit me, a little bit you and then letting somebody else kind of jump in. I think people, it's a little bit more general, but when it comes to business, allowing people to have their say is very, very important.
0: Yeah. Now say I, I develop all those skills, but I'm still, I'm fresh on the scene. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of my vernacular there. I'm fresh on the scene. What, what do I charge? You know, as, as a new MC or a new DJ,
1: okay. So you, so you're assuming that you charge from the get go. Okay. No, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. that's a good so, place to start. <laughs> okay. Let me let me actually let me actually tell you. Go back a little bit in time. So I raised a family during the '90s, and that was a time when I worked a lot less, and I nearly gave it up. You know, I was dedicated to the family. Um, you know, raising a couple of kids, and that. You know, really takes time, takes dedication and and uh working full time and being a DJ. That wasn't necessarily something that I could I could do. So I nearly gave it up, put you know, packed all the equipment, put it away. I wasn't practicing, wasn't you know, doing anything. When I came back to doing it, right? So my kids are all grown up, they're all moved on, now they have the kids of their own. When I came back to doing it, um, I met a group of DJs and I discovered immediately that nobody cared that I was popular back in the eighties, you know, in my part of Los Angeles, nobody cared about that. So I said, look, I'll carry equipment. They said, yeah, but I thought you were, Yeah, yeah, I'll carry equipment. And he goes, all right, I can only give you 50 bucks. And I said, fine by me, fine by me. So I got paid 50 bucks to carry speakers and tripods and tables and, Um, you know, mixers and controllers and then connect, you know, start connecting everything. But one of the things that I got to do was, well, first of all, you know, wear a suit again. And, you know, to to go out, uh, you know, in, in public in a suit, stand there and listen to experienced DJs do what they do best and then watch the audience react to what it is that they do. So not only was I getting paid 50 bucks, which might seem like nothing, But the amount of learning that I was doing, that would have cost me hundreds upon hundreds of dollars because going with an experienced DJ, one, not necessarily that is, doesn't need to be popular. It needs to be able to do the work with the clients, be able to read a crowd, be able to know what, you know, what fits into the mood that they're trying to create. That you, you, you can't pay enough for that, all right? So if you were a fresh DJ, the first thing I would say is try and get paid 50 bucks to carry somebody else's equipment, okay? Do not think of that as you know a step back. Think of it as a step sideways, okay? Because uh, you're going to need to do many different things to get to your ultimate goal, whatever the ultimate goal might be. So take a step sideways, get paid, you know, whatever it is that they offer you, carry the equipment, uh, wear a suit or, you know, for uh, anybody else, you know, what, you know, be well-dressed, be well-presented, stand on the side, be ready to help out whenever you can, and soak it all in. At some point, you'll get paid 150 so you'll go up in what it is that you get paid you know it doesn't matter if you do the exact same thing somebody says you know what I'll give you 150 to carry the equipment and then you'll do that and then at some point you will say you know what I I can actually DJ too and then they will say okay I'll tell you what I'm going to do the introductions I want you to take cut one and I want you to insert it here and I want you to take cut two and do this that and the other thing There's a little bit of a lingo. It's not like radio. You know, it's a lot more, the terminology is a lot more English than anything else. And then you'll get to show what you do. And then you get paid a little bit more. It'll take a bit before you start making big money. But big money also comes from working a lot and being acknowledged for the work that you do and being hired more often. Because even if you you know charge you know, charge a million dollars to do an event, but you do one event every ten years, all right, you only made a million dollars every ten years. That doesn't really sound as much. All of a sudden,
0: yeah, right. Well, and it sounds, I mean, like a almost like an internship. You know, you went to business school. You now want to learn to do business successfully. You're going to intern at a very successful business, and probably not make much. Um, I know when I came out of high school. I worked an, an intern job and I made 300 bucks a month. So 50 bucks for a night sounds great to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Perspective,
1: right? It's always going to be about perspective. And, you know, uh, being a DJ is very much about perspective. You know, Can you imagine what I thought the first night that I did an all country music event? Sure. You know, that was yeah. uh... I needed to get a perspective on that. I could have been there going like, "Oh my god, this is horrible." Guess what? It wasn't horrible. People were having a great time. You know, that's my job to help people have a great time. So, perspective was, you know, so the music is not necessarily what you want. So, 50 bucks? Sure. Uh perspective.
0: Yeah. And uh this is kind of a tangent, and I take these every once in a while. But do you ever, you know, you go into a show and you don't feel well, maybe you're sick or you're whatever. And then you start, you know, seeing the the entire party come to life. And it starts to make you feel, you know, like they're you're getting energy from the whole thing and you feel more alive until you get off stage. And then you kind of just go right downhill. <laughs>
1: um I don't remember one right. Off head, but I'm, you know, I'm. I'm going to say all the time that I've done it. I'm going to say, I, I, yeah, I'm sure I had, you know, a, a bad day. Um, I, I had an event where um, I didn't make it to the event, and my car broke down on the side of the road. And I was working with another DJ. I called them up. They helped me load up as much equipment into their vehicle. We took off. Meanwhile, my vehicle, unbeknownst to me, got vandalized. <laughs> thousands of dollars uh, worth of damage and what have you. I didn't know that that was happening. Right. Uh, but at that point I was having a pretty bad day. You know, I was stuck on the side of the freeway. I was there waiting and, you know, but you know, we, we drove two hours to location. We set up, the setup was horrible. It was an incline and it was dirt and dust everywhere. And we carried everything by hand. It took us uh, three hours to set up. The event itself was amazing. Exactly for the same reasons you said. People bring that out. If you are open to receiving it, you will get it. Now, you can e- either be open and give it to the guests. You know, give that happiness, give that joy, give that positivity, and then they will take it from you. Or you can be open and receive it from them. You know, it's a very much a give and take. I actually believe that as people, we are tend to feed off of each other if we want to. Of course, you know, you could be a, a sourpuss, and then not have fun. But then again, everybody's gonna see that. More than likely a picture will be taken. You're gonna end up on social media and go, yeah, this is what my DJ looked like. You do not want that. Find a way to, find Find a way to find your way to joy. Okay, find, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I did an event, uh, the event was nine hours, was a nine hour long event. It started at seven hours, but they booked me for an additional two. Great. After, after 15 minutes into the extra two hours, uh, they were offering me some food. And I was like, yes, that'll be great. I took a bite of an empanada and I broke a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so for the next nearly two hours, I was in massive pain. So I, I, I actually started playing. Um, at, by that point, they would have danced to anything all right there they would have danced to a, a dirge if I would have played it um but I started playing music that I like that I thought that they might like and that really helped me to kind of get out of my head because the pain was absolutely unbearable finished the night client came over how oh my god it was a great amazing thing I you welcome I'm so glad to stay in chat but I, I gotta go you know and you know she inquired and I told her yeah I, I broke a tooth a couple hours ago <laughs> She, she, yeah, they they couldn't tell. They couldn't tell. You need to find your way back to joy. So if you can do it, yeah. Um, it, it it might come with experience. Like if, if you, if you're not having a, if you're having a bad day, um, uh, geez, I don't know, watch
0: cartoons before you go, something, right? (laughs) Something to get you excited again. (laughs) There's
1: so many different things that you can do. Go get your favorite meal, you know, I, I, I
0: don't know, take
1: a shower, something. Yeah. think you have that funk, yeah.
0: Okay. So say I'm, I'm established now, um, I'm not making 50 bucks a night and I'm scheduling my own events. How do you start? you know say I have a new customer comes to me what's the process like?
1: All right, so um, I always ask for a consultation. So way, ba- way back when consultations were mostly done by phone or in person. You know, choices were limited. Nowadays, you know, at some point, you could do email, and we thought of email very impersonal, uh, but society changed, and society no, no longer thinks of the written word as impersonal, and we do a lot of communication via text. So, there's a rule, might be a little bit unwritten, but it's one that we kind of abide by. We respond to clients the way that clients reach out to us. They call us, we call them back, they email us, we email back, text, we text back, and so on and so forth. So that's how you start communicating with the client. Now, if you mean even further back how to acquire a client, that is a long conversation. But I, w- I will tell you about a client called you, they heard about you, they found you something, you put a flyer on their car. I, I don't know how they found you. Sure. It, now you are starting that conversation, you, you want to get an opportunity to show them what their vision could be, interpreted by you, All right? So a client calls. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something that happens very often. They're getting married. They have a venue. Uh, they're you know they're not very versed on music or traditions or when, what, how, this and that. They decided to save a little bit of money on an event planner, which. I do not recommend that. Uh, if you don't, then you don't. But if you can, do it. Get an event planner. Have someone helping you out. Um, but if you don't, get a DJ that really knows what they're doing. So a client calls me, tell me tells me they don't have an event planner, and then we go. So one of the things that I'm going to try and do is go with them to the venue. And we're going to do a walk and talk. And then I'm going to point at different locations and I'm going to say, okay, this is where you are going to be sitting and you are facing this way and coming your way at a, you know, from this distance, this is what's going on. So what I'm doing is I'm putting them there in the future, right? Right. So you, even if you do that in conversation or if you do that in person, if you do it by a text, you want to try as much as possible in the consultation, put them in the future. And then put yourself in that future too, the way they can see you there. And at some point, um, you know, once you kind of see it and you like it, the likelihood that you are going to book it increases. Um, and so I will say this, this technique works for me. I know it doesn't work for uh Everyone, and I know a lot of uh, friends of mine, dear friends of mine, very popular and what have you, they use other techniques when it comes to the consultation. But, you know, that is a really good way of also helping the client, as far as I'm concerned, really good way of helping the client to kind of learn a few things as they go along. Because I also recommend that aside from me, they go interview two other DJs. I want them to know what's out there. I do not want them to just blindly hire me because guess what? I told them to. You know, it's, I mean, great, but it's not how I like to either run the business. or And now the one thing is trust. I will tell them, as soon as you feel that you truly trust me, that's when you book me. Do not wait. Do not let me go because I will put you down as an inquiry. And when somebody else calls me, I will give you 24 hours to book or that date and time goes to someone else. And I can't tell you how many times that has actually happened. It, it, it's horrible. It's really terrible. Oh, I, you know, we're ready to book you. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I reached out to you two days ago. You know, I, I'm booked now. I I'm you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna send somebody else to do your event, but not me. And that is a shame. But um, when you've gotten to that point and now they've booked you, you need to know that you've helped them in such such a way that they couldn't get from point A to point B unless they spoke with you. So you, I think that's, I would say that's what you want to do. That's how you want to get started. You know, throw them and yourself right into it.
0: No, it sounds good. Yeah. Um. And then say I was looking to hire someone. Um, I mean, other than your advice to, you know, talk to three DJs and find someone you trust and you vibe with, uh, is there any other advice you'd give someone? Uh, yeah. So, you know, you know, you can go
1: online and educate yourself. Uh, take everything with a grain of salt because just because it's online, that doesn't mean that it's true. Um, find someone you trust. Ask family members uh, for referrals. Excuse me, ask your community for referrals and start the process. If you're getting married, start the process as soon as, as possible because at some point you're going to find the process kind of draining you and you don't want that it's the job i see that it's the job of your you know dj master of ceremonies and event planner to kind of guide you through it and keep you as sane as possible and keep you in track so trust you know is absolutely paramount once you trust them and then you can just leave it in their hands then you don't have to worry about it, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I think educate yourself. Um, I would say that budget whatever it is that you're doing, create a budget. It doesn't matter if your three-year-old child is having a birthday party and you're just, you know, inviting a few family members. Um, it doesn't matter if you're throwing a five hundred people, you know, massive wedding over. Yeah, I, I don't know. Somewhere in LA, you know, that that would be expensive. Um, It doesn't matter. You know, make sure you have a budget and you try and stick to it as much as you possibly can. Stuff will come up and you might have to break the budget, but have a a budget. So we, I I do not use the word budget with clients unless I'm actually talking to them about their money, not what it is that they will be paying me. I think because uh, very often... People do not know, there's no reason why they should know about, you know, DJs and MCs and what it costs or what it could cost, and what have you. So, you know, educate yourself, ask a lot of questions. So I said three DJs because any more would be just uh, unnecessarily confusing, but more than likely after, you know, uh, meeting with three people, you've learned so much. Hopefully, hopefully those that are the kind of DJs actually give you valuable information, you know, freely, give you valuable information without being afraid. Oh, I'm giving away the, uh, the a, yeah, yeah. I'm giving away stuff. And then they're going to go book DJ number two. Oh no. Sorry. I I've, I've seen that. So yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, that's what I, you know, I would recommend uh, people putting together a celebration.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it kind of sounds like, I mean, beyond learning to love the music, Uh, You've also kind of got to learn these other traditions and, um, you know, the applications that go into these celebrations, even if they're not necessarily something you're already familiar with.
1: Right, right. So at some point, you're going to come across a culture that you've never come across before. It's not that you never heard of it. It's just that you never interacted. Right. And now as a DJ, not only are you playing music, I want to make sure that everybody listening out there understands this. A DJ is one of the few strangers who are invited to a certain sense to be in somebody's very private moment. They're getting married. They selected 250 of their closest friends, family members, co-workers, uh, people, whatever. They've selected them. They've agonized over the 250 because there's another 1,000 that they did not invite. And then you as a DJ, master of ceremonies, event planner, and maybe the staff in the venue are the few strangers who get to be there. To me, that's an honor. Okay? That's that's an honor. So I want everybody to kind of, for those who might be DJs out there, and for those who are going to have an event, I, I want them to start thinking that your DJ should be thinking of it as an honor to be allowed to be at your celebration even though they're working right so colton uh, could you prompt me again with a question because i i think i i think i was heading in that direction and i lost my track of thought
0: no you're doing great i was just talking about having to um to learn these different traditions right
1: right so so at at some point you're going to come across a tradition that you've never um now you want to honor those traditions and the way to do that is to do it right now, I wouldn't suggest to try and fake it. So, telling a client from the beginning, I know nothing about this. I'm going to give you an example. I, you know, I hope examples really kind of highlight. So, I got a call from an event planner. Um, you know, we 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 met at a at a, a bridal show. We hit it off. She said, "Oh my God, you, I I I have some clients that I know are are going to love you." She calls me up and she says. I have a couple that are getting married, and I can't remember six, seven months. And I think you would be perfect. And I said, "Great." So um, I'm thinking, since I I have a couple of cultures, I'm part of a couple of cultures. I'm thinking that's where she's going. She says they're Chinese, and I was like, "Okay, you you understand? I have no connection to the Chinese culture." And I actually know, aside from the fact that I know that there's a tea ceremony within the um, marriage itself, I couldn't tell you anything else about that. And she says, No, the reason I'm connecting with you is because I know you will find the right people to help you with this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, in this case, that's exactly what you would need to do. You're going to come across cultures, you're going to need to, uh, uh, first of all, admit that it's not your. Strength and then educate yourself about what it is that you need to do if you're going to get them as a client. And then you're going to need to do the work and find the right people for that. So I mentioned networking earlier. And this is where that comes in handy because if you've done your work, you already have a selection of talent from which to pick. Now, if you are a multi-op, meaning you know you actually pay multiple DJs to be at the ready for you. And then you send them on various events. That's one thing. And hopefully, you know, there might be a variety there and maybe somebody within your crew is familiar with the Chinese culture and you can send them to do that. Or maybe, you know, it's you yourself. In my case, I did not. I did research. I called up friends. I went online. I read, read, read thousands and thousands of reviews and i narrowed it down to one individual um i contacted them and we spoke and we spoke and then we spoke again uh (laughs) the gentleman was fluent both in cantonese and mandarin uh had done uh you know i think he had done dozens of weddings i don't think it was hundreds i think it was dozens at that point and he aced it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I didn't understand that word because it was all done in Mandarin. Even the music I played, you know, about half of it, because I DJed the event, he would I dj half of it was in Chinese, so I didn't understand a lot of that either. I had to vet the music through my MC to make sure that there's no profanity, <laughs> that the subject is not inappropriate, and things to that effect. So, you you you're gonna need to educate yourself. Um, the more you do it, the more it's going to happen. But you're going to be so much better for it, both as an as an individual. It's gonna open up your eyes, and then as a professional. If you're paying attention, once you do an event, you know how to get started on the next one. That you know uh, that is the same or similar. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I remember that. That was uh, quite a few years ago. It
0: was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is there... I mean, has there been a type of event like that that maybe you were unfamiliar with? Or maybe it's the most common thing, but one that you enjoy the most?
1: Um, so... <laughs> so when I decided to kind of come back to DJing and start doing it again and, uh, you know, really open up a company and maybe, you know, make, make some serious money at it and what have you, then I joined a um, a group of DJs that were meeting uh, in one of the suburbs of uh, Los Angeles and I kind of walked into the meeting and I introduced myself, how are you, this and that, and at the time I, I was playing a lot of uh, industrial, you know, Gothic music for, you know, uh, you know, friends and, you know, various crowds and what have you. And so when I kind of introduced myself and at some point they asked me and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the Gothic DJ. I figured there's got to be a niche in the Gothic community for people who get married and I want to be that DJ for them and I'm going to play music. And yeah, I remember just about everybody kind of tilted their head down and i know that uh you know your audience cannot see it but you know they kind of tilted their head down they kind of looked at their knees and then eventually um you know after you know a few months the leader of the group kind of came over to me put his arm around me and said joseph uh, you know you you sound like a very knowledgeable guy but you and i will never work together and and i'm like I was like, why? Why not? I mean, you know, I have so much to offer to this group and, you know, I mean, I speak various languages and, you know, I've got all these years of experience and I've been around and I know people. And he goes, yeah, but you're a gothic DJ. I'm never going to make any money off of you. And I said, no, I can, I can play all kinds of stuff. And he goes, then why do you keep on introducing yourself as that?
0: (laughs) You're like, I'm trying to make a brand
1: here. Yes, I'm trying to kind of create something here. I mean, I didn't know if that existed or not. I didn't, you know, at that time, I'll be honest with you, I was just getting started in networking myself. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you a try. So he was one of those individuals who was paying me 50 bucks to help him carry equipment at the very beginning. And eventually I started DJing while he emceed and then eventually eventually he started sending me out to do events for his company and in one of those events he calls me up he goes Joseph you won't believe this I just got off with a, off the phone with a client and I have no idea what the hell they're talking about and I said well, what do you mean and he goes it's a golf couple <laughs> you're
0: like yes
1: <laughs> said, that's right I waited years to to meet a golf couple and uh, he was wearing a, a beautiful black suit with a red uh, tie she was wearing a gorgeous red wedding gown and when we got into conversation she's like oh my god I'm so happy to see you we I can tell you how many DJs we spoke to they had no idea what we were talking about
0: <laughs> and you're so, like I know I know exactly what you need
1: <laughs> yeah yeah okay and I was like okay look this is it this is that this the other thing and you know, again, so if there's something you like and it just happens to match what the client needs, you know, it's going to be even more so. Yeah, no, that was that, that was great. Now, we didn't play that much uh, industrial music or anything like that, because a lot of the guests were family, you know. A lot of the guests were co-workers. They were not into that. They, that was for them and their friends. So we did a little bit of that and a little bit of everything else, and everything worked out great. But it doesn't matter what it is. If it's if it's strange, if it's out of the ordinary, if it's uncommon, if it's new to you, study up, learn something new, spend a little bit of time with it. You know, take notes, take take furious notes as you and I are talking, and your audience can hear the paper wrestling there. Yeah, you know, I take furious notes as um, as I talk with anyone. It's a way of kind of going back over it and go. Oh, this is what we said. This is what I need to brush up on. What if Colton asked me a question that I do not know the answer to? You know, I mean, I should hope so. After you know this many years, I'll have some sort of an opinion about something. But take note. So, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was the, I think that was the event when it just was perfect. It was perfect just once. Um, there were a couple of couples that did you know Halloween things and things like that, and people going like, "Oh, that was gothic," and I go. Like, yeah, it's yeah. You're not really understanding what I'm talking about, are you?
0: Yeah, you're so, like it's themed. It, it's a Halloween <laughs> theme. Yeah, it's yeah. different. It's
1: it's different. Yeah.
0: Have you ever had any that are really like way up there, even on the strange scale for for abnormal?
1: <laughs> well, I've I've attended events. Um, I think for me, the the oddest thing that I did was an actual Halloween event. Uh, Another company called me up. So one of the things about being a DJ is if you have time on your schedule and people have seen you perform and now you're appreciated enough, they will call you and try and hire you for their company. Because if they have a possibility to make a little bit of money off of you working for them, everybody wins, right? So I got a call from this other company and they said, uh, you know, we got this event in Santa Monica and we want you to talk to the client. And I said, okay, great. Called up the client and the client explains to me the the location. And I immediately know that I'm going to be working in a box. It's not literally a box, but it's a box backyard. And certain neighborhoods in Santa Monica, for those who know, I mean, you know, the the backyard is tiny, so you make do with what you have. But it wasn't that. It It was the fact that he said, I need you to help me with some of the things that I want to do that night. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to have roaming entertainment. They're going to be walking around the house. They're going to be walking around the front of the house in the backyard and I want them to entertain guests. And I said, okay, what, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I'm going to give you an idea of what it is that I've done in previous years. And he gave me this really long list of acts that were anywhere between the burlesque, the more sexually inclined in circus. (laughs) Okay. That's broad. But he had been doing it for a few years. So imagine everything kind of mixing together. I don't know. You imagine, I don't know. Like, what if Tim Burton was throwing a a birthday party? I don't know. You know, or or at at the Playboy Mansion. So maybe that's what that would look like. So as I was talking to him and he said, you know, come up with an idea. And I said, I got to come up with an idea. He said, yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm kind of like running dry. And I said, well, you're... You know, you're in Santa Monica, you know, not too far from here, there's the Venice Boardwalk. How about, you know, there's a freak show there. How about contacting the freak show and getting some of the the acts? (gasps) He light up. (laughs) And I said, look, I actually have a contact. I haven't spoken with them in years, but let's see if they can help me out. Well, unfortunately, my contact was dry and I got nowhere. I spoke with uh, a gentleman that... You know, lays down on nails, um, and but we didn't go anything beyond that conversation. Yeah, and uh, the client actually ended up uh, booking in an animal wrangler, oh. which is great. Not so great when you have a tiny backyard and people don't have a place to run away when you kind of walk into the place with this giant owl, oh. <laughs> the biggest. Owl I've ever seen. It looked like an American eagle. Well, I, no, I mean, I, and a condor. I think condors are even bigger. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah. I I went a couple places during that conversation where you're like, oh yeah, it was gonna be this uh, the circus and this Halloween, and I'm like, were you working for Tim Burton?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, it is one of my favorite things to do is uh, you know Tim Burton movies and what have you. But I don't think that's gonna surprise many people that know me. Yeah. Um, or that have been paying attention to the conversation so far. Yeah, no, you, you know, again, so, the, you know, we never ended up doing this really odd thing, but we were kind of going in that direction. I, I look forward to, you know, doing more unusual events, not necessarily because of the unusual aspect of it, but because that's going to give me a, an opportunity to expand on what it is that I can do with my art. You know, what is it that I can do with music when, when, when I'm challenged with, you know, yet something else that I haven't done yet? So, you know, there was a time when I didn't do a street fest. Okay, so what is it that I did then? The first time I did it, I had to experiment. The second time, I kind of knew what to do. The third time, I already aced it. Fourth time, you know, I, I, I had, you know, companies calling me, going like, hey, Joseph, we saw you doing this, and so on and so forth. So I kind of want to do that. It, it opens up another branch in the tree of possibility.
0: Yeah, I uh I don't know if this has been done or if it's a nightmarishly bad idea, but I'll I'll just shoot it out there for for the sake of saying it. Please. Um if there's ever a good sized event, you just hire like 30 street magicians and then don't dress them up in any discernible way and then just <laughs> let interactions go off the rails. You never know if you're talking to a magician or not <laughs> and things oh. just go horrifyingly wrong. <laughs> look you want uh, the the
1: point is to put a smile on your clientele whatever it is so if it's a street fest it's your much larger clientele it's everyone there right you want to put a smile on their face you want to entertain them. so releasing 30 street magicians on the populace <laughs> I think it's a great idea because you, think- you know you turn around and you see a guy levitating you see a guy and you see, you know, flying cards that kind of boomerang back. And then you see a guy that, you know, is, I I, I don't know. I I just imagine all of the, you know, Chris Angel kind of comes to mind and David Blaine, I think his name is, you know, they come to mind, you know, all those really, you know, mind-boggling things, you know, that that would be amazing. 30 of them. Yeah. (laughs) Culprits and <laughs> just unleash Coltans. them on the populace. Uh, yes, that that's that's amazing because you th- there are things that that are a little bit of the unexpected. You know what we do as MCs and putting together an event it's a little bit like theater, um, and I use this analogy with my clients. You know, when you buy a ticket to go to the theater, you see what's happening, uh, you know, on stage, but on the other side of that curtain. There's people running around like mad, making sure that you are really being entertained and having the best time of your life. That's what we do. That's what we do. You know, we have the behind the curtains and we have the front of the curtains. So, um, you know, it, it it's all about making sure that the client is having a great time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like, you know, you put your heart and soul into it and it, uh, it always shows through in the work. And, and, and back. And back. <laughs> back
1: into it. And uh, I, you know, we, we put our relationships into it. Um, You know, I, I I can't tell you how many times I got yelled at for way back when for spending hours, hours in a record store, you know, the, the, the younger set might not remember this, but if they find a record store, they'll know what I'm talking about. Just, you know, really going through one record after the other and it takes hours and you're just doing it. Yes, yeah, so I've I've kind of invested a lot into it, but I I get a lot out of it. I really do.
0: Yeah, sounds like it, and it, that reminds me of my um my just dumb enough moment in talking to someone <laughs> yeah. that I learned the uh, fun fact from, which is the plural of vinyl is vinyl. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't believe there's vinyls, and uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I said it in a conversation, and someone corrected me. They're like, "It's just vinyl." <laughs> It's like, oh, well, now I get to talk about that. (laughs) Uh, You know, Colton, I'm going to tell you,
1: I can't tell you who, because they're going to be very upset at me, but we convinced someone that, uh, you know, polyesters are being killed in the thousands to make sweaters. (laughs) And we got them to tears. And yeah, it was years until we explained that, you know, by then Doug goes, oh, no, I know. You guys were making fun of me. That's yeah. a good one, actually. <laughs> oh, yes, what, what's
0: polyester.
1: What's a Polyester? And I go, Polyester, well, they're not very big. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: very big. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate it. If, if, if this ever gets, you know, big enough that I have a, a physical event, I'm going to have to call you in and we're going to have to set up something something wacky, you know?
1: Well, uh, you know, Colton, that, that would be my my pleasure. Um, you know, it's, again, you know, if it's something out of the ordinary, even more so. You, you got to always be stretching yourself out there, trying to find something that you haven't done yet, and then go do that thing.
0: Absolutely. Any other projects you have in the works or anything big you want to do?
1: Um, so... Well, you know, I think like many people, I had to zig and zag, you know, most recently. And I, um, you know, before we started recording, one of the things that I said is, you know, when you get an MC to talk, you're not going to have a problem. You know, this is what we do. We get paid for talking. You know, we get paid for presenting, whatever. So um, I had been networking, presenting my business for quite a few years and then I had an opportunity, uh, knock on my door, and uh, a colleague of mine said, look, I'm going to start doing business networking, um, you know, virtually, and I would like for you to co-host with me. And I said, well, okay, okay how, how is that going to play out? And she said, well, let's just kind of start pretty standard and so eventually, you know, it became the kind of thing where we can now monetize it. And now there's, uh, you know, it's becomes it becomes a little bit more robust. Now there's people that want to sponsor. And then there are people who want their commercials. And, you know, because, you know, we're just, you know, big enough and things to that effect. That was one thing. And I'm working on a uh, YouTube uh, channel. Uh, I've been working on it way too long. Way too long. So but nobody's actually done my idea yet. And no, Colton, I'm not about to tell you what it is. Hey, don't, don't tell I, me. <laughs> I, I so um, nobody's done it yet. So it makes me wonder, you know, is it a, such a bad idea so I shouldn't do it? Or is it so awesome that I, I don't know, I'm going to go for it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that.
0: So, nice. Well, I, I mean, let me know when you do get it up and running and I'll just, I'll blast it out to people. I like to give updates and you know, keep people on it. And this is uh, kind of my, my passion project in that, you know, it's taken me a lot longer to get some momentum on it than um, I initially thought. You know, I just like I bought gear, I thought I'll, I'll do it. And it took me, you know, half a year to, to really start getting into the flow of like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm doing.
1: Right, right. Look, Colton, when I, uh, you know, when you asked me and I read up about the project, um, I was like, I'm in, I'm in. You know, this is, um, you know, one never knows how big this will this will be, right? right? No reason why this couldn't be massive. But to have, you know, personally, to have the experience of having been there um, at the be- beginning of it all, that would be amazing uh, if you don't mind i, I want to make uh want to say you know to those who are out there that if they're an aspiring dj um you know uh, you know just just keep at it we always we're always in the market um no, no let me re- rephrase that there's always space for more djs there's tons of them around here in la if i get out of the house i trip over a couple of djs before i get to the bus stop it, um there's always space for more DJs because some of them are bedroom DJs. Some of them are club DJs. Some of them are going to tour. Some of them are going to open for bands. Some of them are going to be wedding DJs. Uh, some of them are going to just be DJs, but they won't be MCs. So there's a really big variety there. Um, and the space is open to everyone. And when I say everyone, everyone listening, I actually mean everyone. doesn't matter who you are um, or what it is that you're doing. So um you know, Colton, once again, I, I really appreciate the, you know, the the platform and the opportunity to kind of, you know, introduce the art of DJing to a much larger crowd.
0: Of course, and I hope, you know, I think people really enjoy this. We've had a lot of fun, just the two of us talking, but you did just kind of remind me that, like, I, you know, I hope DJing and, and public events are coming back to the larger front here soon, because it's it's been a while, and I think people need it. I think people need that physical kind of catharsis
1: <laughs> yeah so so for those who might be listening to this later on because you know podca- magic of, magic of podcasting this uh, will be there um you know for years and years and years so you know we're in uh, 2021 uh we are at the tail end and in los angeles you know we're still you know a little bit apprehensive you know we're walking around with masks and what have you um events are permitted, and you know for those who are vaccinated we're we're okay um but we're we're still you know uh keeping our uh, keeping our fingers crossed for our uh, brothers and sisters who are not vaccinated uh, but we're 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 doing events and there're you know people want to get together with other people already it's it's nature to really wanna enjoy each other's company and have a good time so we are going to be there and we are going to be do our part you know maybe playing music or maybe, cracking jokes on a mic
0: (laughs) absolutely i can't wait to get back to it it's still a little um restricted up here in oregon but i think we're getting back there and i'm looking forward to it
1: Uh, absolutely absolutely and uh, colton when uh when you you get the one year anniversary give me a call absolutely we'll we'll throw a party
0: i can't wait why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if they're looking to you know have a hire a dj or an mc or just You know, try and learn more. Sure.
1: Um, Yeah, actually, uh, any of them. So, if you are looking for uh, information, if you got an event coming up, you know, somebody who's got an event coming up, or you are looking for information for the future for yourself, or if you are trying to get into the DJ business, uh, of course, you can give me a call or text me at 818 564 1674. Or you can check out more information on our website. Los losangelesbestdj.com Los BestDJ.com. and yeah, uh, the name of the company is Dance Forte, uh, D-A-N-S-E-F-O-R-T. So they can just uh, find it on Facebook and Instagram, or even on uh, Twitter. So yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot there. Absolutely, <laughs> there's, I hope- there's a lot of work for a one man op.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on, and I cannot wait My to pleasure. now have the one year. We're going to do some fun.
1: My pleasure. We're looking forward to the one year, Colton. righty. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so you much.
0: Well. Thanks again for listening. If you can, please just tell someone you know about the show. Word of mouth has and always will outpace any form of advertising I could ever do. If you have a specific topic you'd like to hear, email me at dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or drop by the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and just ask. I've had a couple suggestions from listeners now, and I've followed up on all of them, I promise. Several of which are going to be in some episodes soon. So until next time, bye bye